Distractions Podcast, a weekly podcast that chats true crime, conspiracy theories, paranormal stories, folklore, a little bit of this and a little bit of that, every week to provide you a weird distraction. I'm one of your hosts, Alex, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Christy. And this week, we are talking folklore because it's been a minute, so why not talk about folklore? But as always, Christy. What is your need for a distraction? My need for a distraction is the same as always. It's going to be work. I'm literally on a 26-day stretch right now. Alex, how about you? I'm going to say the same work. And I think just life in general, the world's on fire. I just need a distraction from everything. Let's be real here. The world's always on fire. The world is always up. Yeah, exactly. But a reminder that our fourth and last midweek mini spook will be out this week. We've had a blast doing the recordings. I think this year was really, really fun. We covered we've covered a lot of really spooky and weird tales. So we hope you enjoyed the last one. But don't worry, we still have something up our sleeves for Halloween. So just do wait. And to make sure that you're always in the loop of what we're doing and what is going on, make sure you are subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts and follow us along on our social media platforms, which Christy will shout them out later. Without further ado, though, I think it's time for us to get into this week's topic. So in celebrating spooky season, I figured it was most fitting to cover a terrifying folklore creature on our regular feed so that everyone really feels a smidge of fear, aka the only way to celebrate spooky season. With that being said, this week we'll be talking about the one, the only, Banshee. Also known as Ireland's best known spirit, the Banshee has a very interesting folklore history with a potential real-life explanation as to its phenomena. For those unaware of the Banshee, you may be asking what in Satan's name am I going on about? So I'm going to explain by reading a direct quote to provide a definition as to what the Banshee is, in which I'm referencing the Clada design website. Quote, a banshee is a female spirit also considered an omen of death. The banshee roams the countryside and can be heard wailing when she predicts a death. The word banshee comes from an old Irish word which translates as woman of the fairy mounds, end quote. In the YouTube video uploaded by user storied, it was explained that although this notion of the old Irish word banshee does have translations to it being fairy related or specifically fairy woman, it also could mean woman of the other world. According to reports, historians claim that the first accounts of the banshee can be traced back to the 8th century. These first accounts surround a former tradition where designated women were known to sing a sorrowful song to mourn someone's recent passing. Sometimes this form of mourning was referenced to as keening, which was seen as a very important step to do in order for the newly dead to pass safely into the other world or afterlife, according to reports. Back then, these women would sometimes be referred to as keeners, and even though I think their duties sound lovely, supposedly there are some sources that claim they didn't have a gleaming reputation. It is believed that they would accept alcohol as payment to sing their songs and perhaps due to some religious or misogynistic based thinking patterns these women were sometimes considered sinners due to this somehow the folklore then goes to explain that because these women were sinners they would then be cursed to become mournful spirits in the afterlife as opposed to being able to rest themselves 
This is where some aspects of the Banshee lore come in, as in the afterlife, these former mourners seem to have the ability to predict death since they basically were a notification of someone about to die when they were alive. So in life, they were kind of the, hey, someone recently passed away, notification to the community, you know, they'd sing their songs and what have you. And then in death, they would continue that, but they would predict the death. Does that make sense? So people, real time, living, can hear her crying and singing, you know, that someone's going to pass. And then what happens after that? Like, then they can hear after or no? So when these keeners were alive, they would be notified that someone died and then they would sing their sorrowful songs. And then when these keeners would pass away, according to one kind of branch of the lore they would become more of kind of like the notification that someone was about to die. So when they were alive, they would be notified, but then in death, they would be the notification. Does that make sense now? I think so. So the person dying, they're going to see the keener and be like, oh, okay. Yeah, or they're already dead. Yeah, like, but they'll yeah. see them after that. Yeah, yeah. And then if someone's like kind of on their deathbed or if someone's about to die, these spirit keeners or you know the banshees you would be able to hear them beforehand i understand okay cool it's like seeing the light but then hearing the song and seeing them (laughs) yes exactly but this is this is my favorite part in the afterlife it sounds as though instead of singing the banshee would seem to wail scream or my personal favorite clap to let people nearby know that someone was about to die. <laughs> so could you imagine your great grandma or your grandmother or somebody in your family is on their deathbed and you just hear someone fucking clapping. And it's like, okay, they're on their way out, I guess. The banshee has clapped. They're 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 on their way. They clap their their song of whatever and then she go. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I did account other accounts that go against the notion that the Banshee had kind of a bad reputation and that they basically just transferred from life to death with their jobs and that's how they came to be. I like this version better because we're not here to bash women and helping to mourn someone's death just sounds like a huge task to take on and something that in my mind would be highly respected. However, who's to say? That's just my opinion. This additional non-judgment information, which I got from the storied YouTube video, also paints the picture that only the wealthy could afford a keener to help grieve. Another correlation to come out of this folklore is with the Banshee and the battle goddess name Kataborba. And I apologize if I'm pronouncing that wrong, but from what my little brain was able to grasp, this battle goddess was considered to be a Banshee in the sense that she too would predict the deaths of notable warriors during battle by letting out a loud cry. There is also another goddess by the name of Bridget that seems to have tie-ins with a Banshee as she was the first woman in all of Ireland to cry and keen the death of her son. Whichever way you decide to take the Banshee folklore from, whether it's from the goddesses or what have you, It seems to come from the same theme of women grieving in life and then death themselves. Now, the folklore has been stretched and pulled throughout the years, and I say this because I always thought that the Banshee wailed at anyone who is about to die or lose a loved one. This isn't wrong, but there are some more specifics from history. And as I recently mentioned, you know, not everyone was able to afford these keeners to kind of help grieve or, you know, practice their skills in a moment of grieving, right? So in reading the page created by the Ireland's Eye website, apparently the Banshee could at one point only be heard by certain Irish families. This website explains that the following families were plagued to be affected by the Banshee. I'm assuming maybe because, well, we'll get to it, but uh, the following families included the O'Neills, 
the O'Briens, the O'Connors, the O'Grady's, and the Kavanaugh's. Some smart cookies may have already figured out the obvious. The families expanded through generations via marriage, therefore allowing the Banshee to expand its horizon to more people. Does that all make sense? Am I losing it yet? I think I'm following along. I just have a question. Like, if, if it's a pay thing, say it's like the more people that can have more money can buy these, why would you want to buy, like, pay for this? It will help you great. But like, if they're wailing and screaming and clapping, that doesn't sound very helpful. Well, the Banshee's only doing all of that that you mentioned in the afterlife. So to pay for someone to help process your grief in life while the Keener is still alive or the, ban- like, yeah, the the pre-Banshee is still alive. It's still a living person. That is a service that you would pay for. Whereas they're not paying, obviously, for the Banshee to come. But the Banshee is already at- attached to probably these families or to these people in the afterlife. Okay. Yeah. I think I'm someone following you. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Essentially, when... I'm just going to refer to the living as the Keeners. But essentially, when a Keener is alive, their services would be paid for. But once they die, obviously, you're not going to be paying a supernatural force to come and help you grieve or be a prediction of death. But that their role changes once they die. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Gotcha. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. kind of same, same, but different. Fall on my drift? I think so. Okay, so as mentioned, obviously the families expanded through marriage and what have you. So this obviously gave more ground for the Banshee to kind of alert more people when people were about to die. There are also some accounts that the original Banshee was actually from a former member of one of the previous mentioned families, which is interesting. So I don't know if maybe she's part of the O'Neills or the O'Connors and she worked as a keener. And then when she died, she became like the OG Banshee and then kept following the family around and what have you. Who knows? This is folklore. Everything is twisty-turvy and doesn't really make a heck of a lot of sense, but we're, we're going to keep going with it and hope for the best. Yeah, we'll follow this OG around, apparently. Yeah. Some stories even go as far as saying that the Banshee will more than likely appear if one of the original family homes still exists. And for those that are thinking, but isn't this from the 8th century? Would homes from then even exist? According to the YouTube video by Storied that I watched, even if the home is in ruins, it still means it is fair game for the Banshee to become present when destined. So the short answer is yeah, those houses may still exist even if they're basically rubble, which means the Banshee is still going to come up if she needs to notify someone's dying. Some may wonder what a Banshee looks like, in which I'll go over a modge-podge of explanations over various reports that I read. So as mentioned, they're primarily viewed as being female on the gender spectrum. They are described as being a spectral floating figure with a pale complexion with long red or silver hair. Sometimes the Banshee is seen wearing a white dress However, others claim it is silver or green. Regardless the dress color, a more terrifying notion in part of the lore is where sometimes the Banshee comes out without a head and with a bowl of blood. If you see this version of the Banshee, fucking run, but no, really, just whatever. Uh, apparently, this version of the Banshee, Banshee, I almost said Vanshee, oh my god, drag queens on the mind, but uh, apparently this version of the banshee can be naked which makes me wonder if at this point it's laundry day and she just didn't have any more dresses to wear and she just said you know what screw it i'm gonna go naked to let these people know someone in in their family's about to die so we have a naked headless lady with a bowl of blood clapping letting you know that hey your uncle kevin's gonna die soon yeah it's fucking terrifying you'd be like bye exactly like regardless i mean i like 
I like the story of how this became to be, you know, helping people grieve and this, that, and the other. But then the description of it, it's like, I wouldn't fucking want to see that. Are you kidding me? No, thank you. That's terrifying. It'd be very unfortunate to be one of those families that are kind of roped into that. Yeah, exactly. Now that we have more of a visual, I'm going to quote a story from the Your Irish website. And unfortunately, I'm not sure of the original author because it wasn't listed. So I can't give a good old thank you to them or a shout out. But regardless, here is the quote that I took from the website. I remember being told as a young child of an uncle who was walking home on a cold and blustery night. He was probably three sheets to the wind after partaking of a snifter to keep the cold out. On arriving home, he told my grandmother that he tried to comfort an old woman he had met along the way. Describing her, he said, The old woman was dressed in black with a veil over her face and was crying and wailing outside the house. Every time he went over to her, she moved away, but all the while kept pointing at the house. My grandmother, with all of her knowledge of old Irish mythology and legends, knew straight away what this old lady represented and hurried my uncle to bed reassuring him that she herself would have a look for the old woman. Needless to say, she didn't dare do such a thing. Then, sure enough, only three days after the strange encounter, my grandmother's brother died peacefully in his sleep. As children, we used to plague my uncle to recount the story of the night he tried to invite the banshee in for tea, end quote. So a very spooky but yet kind of a light-hearted story in a sense i don't know i took it as being very oh yeah our uncle crazy uncle kevin saw this banshee and was trying to invite her in for a tea and luckily he was you know he was fine but then yeah grandma's brother died so (laughs) just very yeah he didn't know what he was doing he's like come on in these encounters along with the details from before can be considered terrifying i'm not gonna lie being approached by something that basically is a notification for death isn't my cup of tea even though it seems devoted to a specific group of families it doesn't mean it wouldn't be spooky to hear or perhaps see the banshee roamed ireland for generations however accounts of the banshee did seem to die off at some point according to online information the banshee stories began tapering off in the 16th and 17th century which the youtube video banshee ireland's screaming harbinger of death uploaded by the previously mentioned user storied or storied noted that this may be due to the notion that the English had taken over Ireland because the English were pulling a DJ Khaled and taking over the Banshee may have become less noticeable. You're going to bring the DJ into this, do you? Every single time I have an opportunity, I will bring DJ Khaled into the conversation. You're welcome. But I speculate that the OG families maybe moved around or out of the country. And the fact that maybe the English were there maybe diminished the folklore story. It's hard to say. But this begs a question. Was it really the English that got rid of the Banshees? This is a folklore story, of course, which means we already know that we don't have all the hot, firm facts about the Banshees, aka the ghost of documented Keeners, and the notion if they are actually 110% real. There is a more unfolklore way to explain this whole Banshee phenomenon, which I'm going to welcome a common identity that we've chatted about on the show before, one that always seems to be connected or speculated whenever things get weird. So please keep your hootering and hollering to a minimum as I reintroduce the idea that owls have something to do with this historic phenomena. <laughs> I was waiting for it and I was like, what do we always talk about? Because I'm like, I'm thinking me. I'm like, is it Satan? I'm like, no. <laughs> 
Did you say is it Satan? <laughs> the devil, yes. It's always a demon, the devil, a child, or owls. Gotta throw owls in that mix. And yes, yeah, yeah, the owls are back. So let's get into it. Some may recall previous episodes where essentially everyone and their great grandmother seems to point at owls to be behind the weirdest things, such as reported alien encounters, the owl man phenomena, paranormal activity, and more. Once again, referencing the YouTube video uploaded by user Storied, some believe that the folklore of the banshee came from the infamous barn owl as opposed to a keener's spirit. According to the Bird Watch Ireland website, the barn owl is known to shriek loudly, which could be mistaken as a woman wailing. I mean, that doesn't explain the clapping, but it could explain the other loud sounds that a banshee is known to make. Maybe the clapping is they're like, they're flapping their wings and it's hitting something. <gasps> Maybe. Smart. You're smart. I like I it. Try. I try. These nocturnal creatures are currently endangered in Ireland, although at one point way back when, they were very common. Due to the slow endangerment of the species, I also wonder if that's why people slowly stopped hearing the banshee, aka being the owl, and the folklore seemed to taper off a bit as time went on. Not only that, but apparently the banshee was mostly seen at night, which also seems to be when the barn owl is most active, aka it's a nocturnal creature, so yeah. Two and two does equal four sometimes. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. Not saying it's always owls, but in doing 81 episodes of the show, I'm starting to think it's always owls. Just this is where we're going. This is this See, is what this is what I'm thinking. Whenever you bring something up, I'm like, it's always the devil. Children and devil. And now owls. Children, devil, owls. Trifecta or something. Yeah, the weird distractions trifecta. So to kind of summarize the banshee in a very short, I mean, we could probably go on and on about the Banshee for hours and hours, but alas, let's summarize this situation. Even though there is a more realistic reasoning behind the Banshee folklore, aka owls, it doesn't change the notion that the Banshee is part of Irish folklore for a reason. Yes, it can be viewed as a scary paranormal identity to some, but it also is considered a part of the grieving process or what was the grieving process for the Irish way back when, and maybe even so today. In dealing with my own loss recently, and I'm sure Christy you can attest to as well, sometimes we hold on to things even when they don't make sense in the time of losing someone we love. For example, I always grew up with the belief that if a dragonfly lands on you, it means a loved one from beyond is trying to say hello. There are other formats of this, being a cardinal or even being at finding a dime randomly, as being some kind of notification that someone you love is saying hello. Grieving to everyone is a different experience. So in my mind, when I think of these kind of stories or tokens that are passed down from generation, it's a way for people to relate to one another's loss or to know that there is a tie in from beyond the grave. When it came to the Keeners, it, it was a process of the grief. It allowed for people to come to terms with the fact that their loved one's spirit was going to leave this world safely into the next. So I, I do understand that notion. And I, and I don't, I hope people listening, especially people from Ireland or that are Irish, don't find our rendition of the Banshee as being offensive or anything like that because I, I really I I honestly think this is a really important way for how people grieved. But obviously there are with all folklores different ways that it has stretched and turned and changed throughout the years to become now something that a lot of people fear, 
right? Yeah, and then you take the innocent story of it and then you kind of turn it to what your dark description of it was. Yeah, exactly. The Banshee maybe started with a barn owl and yes, it may have turned into something that is now seen as terrifying and an omen of death. But in another way, it can also be seen as a tradition in trying to grieve through whatever way it brings comfort. Think of it this way. The Banshee may be an unwanted notification, but in a more positive wavelength, they may also be there to mourn with you as well. And that is this week's episode of The Banshee. It's done. It's finished. It's over. How fantastic. You know what else is fantastic? Your resources. Absolutely. So a big old shout out to the Clauda Design website. And I apologize if I'm pronouncing that wrong, but uh, Ireland's best known spirit, The Banshee, which was published on March 12th, 2018 the britannica website banshee by the editors of the encyclopedia britannica the ireland's eye website the celtic wedding rings website the your irish website the youtube video banshee ireland screaming harbinger of death uploaded by user storied on september 25th 2019 i apologize if i if any time the recording i'll try and take it out as much as i can if i pronounce storied wrong Words can be hard. English is my first language, but the way I talk, you'd think it was my seventh language. Regardless, thank you to the Birdwatch Ireland website, the Ask About Ireland website, and finally, the Listverse website, 10 Terrifying Tales of Ghosts of the Ancient World by Deborah Kelly, fact-checked by Jamie Fraser on November 1st, 2015. Christy, can you hit our listeners up with some information about the show, where they can find us, how they can subscribe, where they can subscribe, and how they can follow along so they don't miss any of our upcoming episodes, including our midweek mini spooks. Yes, let's segue over to my part of this story. So having all the goods, where to find us, we are on various platforms for different podcasts, but most notably Apple Podcast. Feel free to go on, give us a kind of review, give us a rating. That just kind of helps out us as a podcasters and other podcasters in Freeway. Also on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, and again, just search us on any platform. We most likely will be on there. You can also support the show for free on our various media platforms. We are on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Again, search in Weird Distractions Podcast, or if you're on Twitter, Weird Distract I1. That is a good way to go on, especially our Instagram. Alex is great with giving lots of content and showing things on there that we are giving up to date with story releases and different things coming out shortly with Countdown. So be in there to be in the know for what's coming up. If you're looking for more weird distraction with a little bit of monetization for this, you can go into our Patreon. Again, searching our name, we have two tiers. There's monthly bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes footage, some stickers, just lots of goodies on there. Again, a monetized way for going on. Highly recommend want to shout out our current patrons of Tom Bailey and Angela. We thank you guys as always for following and supporting us. We love you. Another, again, monetized way if you want to support the show other than Patreon is we have uh, Buy Me A Coffee going on, giving a small donation, trying to help us out. Or going over to the Redbubble website, we have lots of logos on there. You can get lots of our stuff on there for different items, mugs, shirts, notepads, stickers, anything available, you can find it on there. So yes, go into Redbubble, look us up there. Lastly, we are looking for listener distractions episodes that we're trying to make up. We have one episode out already, came out on June 13th. If you haven't listened to that, we recommend you go back and check that out. We're also looking for more stories to give you guys more content for that. So if you have any ideas, any folklore, any personal encounters, anything crazy, maybe a meta serial killer, I don't know. Send us in those stories. We want to gather those up and give you some more con- give you some more stories on our podcast for listener distractions. 
Yes, and this is the last Sunday episode before the one, the only Halloween, and you're gonna want to tune in for our Halloween episode, which comes out obviously on October 31st, duh, Uh, and... If you are a patron, so Tom Bailey and Angela, you're going to get a double whammy because our monthly bonus episode comes out on that date as well. So follow us along wherever you stream. Keep being spooky. Keep being weird. And if you need a distraction. We got you. Bye. Bye.